welcome to Bethel Cleveland's Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoyed today's message. For more information on this podcast and other resources, please go to BethelCleveland.com. How's everybody doing today? Great. Open your Bibles to Psalm 1. Actually, you know what? Don't go to Psalms. Go to Luke. Luke 4. I'll get over to Psalm in a, Psalms in a minute. We're here today to send out Jake and Katie Veach right here in the front row. We're so excited about that. And uh, you get to be sent out three times today. That's, they're going to be ready to go by the end of this uh, sending. Uh, sent them out in the last service. Great time. And I want to talk a little bit about that uh, in just a minute. But thank you. I want to thank everyone who participated, was a part of the, uh, uh, what's what's called now? We Will Worship or We... Let us worship, let us worship. Uh, this Thursday night at, uh, down at Edgewater Park, it was great. 30 people were baptized down there. Amazing. In Lake Erie. Really, that's got to be a special anointing if you get baptized in Lake Erie. And uh, I mean, they were down there. It was freezing. Joel said the water was warmer than the air. I don't, I, that never is convincing to me. But, but anyway, Joel was down there with some others, and they, they did a great job. And what a beautiful night of just the Cleveland in the background and, and these, you know, windsurfer type, I don't know what they're called actually, parasailing all around in the background like, like angels flying around. It's quite, a, quite an amazing time. People from Columbus all over Ohio gathering together. It was sweet. Someone told me it felt like a family reunion, and I agree. It really did feel that way. So thank you for being a part of that. And uh, we look forward to more and more openness going into the future and being able to worship wherever we, we choose to worship. Uh, Psalm 104, I want to share this. Uh, I want to talk about Holy Spirit sending, I'm never good at titles, but this is a Holy Spirit sending energy. That the Holy Spirit, you know how I talk about the Holy Spirit, the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is, is such an energizing force for God. He is God. The Holy Spirit is God. Energizing force. And he's energized with the idea of expansion. Really is. I can prove that over and over again. Where the Holy Spirit is, stuff happens. When the Holy Spirit shows up, there's an empowerment, a release of either greater understanding of your identity, which expands you, or greater understanding of your mission, which expands where you are and where you go and things like that. So I read across this verse the other day in my, my daily devotional that really stuck in my mind. And by the way, as you study through the Bible, you see the Holy Spirit everywhere. Now he moves in the Old Testament a little different than the New Testament. In the Old Testament, he comes upon people. Not that he doesn't do that now. But the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven and empowers people. I, I love the first one that's mentioned in the Holy Spirit that's empowered. I forget his name now. It's Be Bezala, I think it is. Bezalai or Bezala. He's a, he's a normal craftsman. Probably belonged to a union. He's just skilled trade. He's out there, but, but the Lord needed him to build the tabernacle. He had special skills. And it says, and the Holy Spirit came upon him for his craftsmanship in building the tabernacle. That's, I love that because it's, it's just ordinary. You know, you have to be some super prophet or, you know, Sean Foyt or, let's talk about the Sean, Sean Foyt or 
Sean Bolts or other Sean's that are out there, you know, that have great anointing on their life. Uh, I mean, those are great. God loves them. They have skills. But in your daily craftsmanship of whatever you do, the Holy Spirit can come upon that. And so the Holy Spirit, it's recorded the Holy Spirit comes upon Gideon to shrink his army down and go against an army multiple times larger than he was. It was 300 against 120,000. And so, but the Holy Spirit comes on to energize you to do things you wouldn't normally do. It's pretty sneaky, isn't it? That's a Jehovah sneaky moment. It's a moment where he comes in and says, you know, you need, you need less of what you have to do what I want you to do. Yeah. You're like, less, I need more. And all you need is me and 300 people. All you need me and a fish, a couple pieces of bread, it'll be fine. You need me and a little bit of oil. You need me and a little bit of mud. You need me. I mean, we always think I need to get, you know, I've got to need to do more. Really, who you are is going to serve the purpose of God. And God is going to even whittle you down into the core where it looks way more like Jesus than it looks like you. You know, if you try to, here we got a couple going out to plant a church in Columbus. I mean, if you try to plant, if you use earthly wisdom, to plant a church. I know this from experience. If you use earthly wisdom, you get earthly results. You might even get a good crowd. There are systems and structures that can, that can attract people to come together. There's marketing schemes you can use to get a crowd. Jesus didn't come to get a crowd. In fact, as soon as the crowds got a little bit too big, he would preach something like, unless you eat of my flesh and drink of my blood. Oh, Jesus. Imagine the disciples like, Lord, really, we were doing great. I mean, the offerings went, whew, after you said that. I mean, the crowd dispersed. Even the disciples questioned if they wanted to be with you. I mean, Jesus has had this knack for gathering crowds and dispersing crowds. He had a knack for gathering people that were hungry and a knack for people who wanted to kill him. I mean, that's the tension of being a Jesus follower, you know. And so in the midst of that, Jesus is, is somebody where the Holy Spirit came down and power upon people. He empowered them in the Old Testament. When the New Testament comes, this is why Jesus says, hey, this is going to be amazing. He talks about it fairly often. When the Holy Spirit comes, you know, there's, it's, it's better that I go so that he can come. Because when he comes, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit and fire. You know, fire is not typically something that uh, is, uh, has desire to be contained. It sends up sparks out of it. Have you ever noticed that? You know, a bonfire? It's like desiring to expand. <laughs> it sends these little sparks out, these, these messengers of fire out to go and maybe find a dry area. And we know in California right now that's happening. I mean, hundreds of thousands of acres are being burned. Yosemite Park, they had to close it the other day because of the massive fires. I mean, fire, does, fire will actually create its own storm. You ever hear of a firestorm? I mean, it can go up into the heavenly realms and it becomes almost like a tornado and it can leap hundreds of feet, even up to like a mile. It can leap over dry areas and land in other areas. So the Holy Spirit in fire, the Holy Spirit's fire is an expansion mentality. It wants to expand, wants to move out. So when you get it, 
it, Holy Spirit. When you get the Holy Spirit inside of you, there's a burning in you that cannot contain it any longer. There's a burning in you that makes you want to speak. There's a burning in you that makes you want to love like Jesus loves. It's a passion kind of fire. There's a burning in you that sees people that you may not normally be attracted to. They're not your peeps. They're not your tribe. They're not your people. But somehow inside, I've got to speak to that person. I mean, I was with Tim uh, Gallat the other day, and we were at a coffee shop in Strongsville. And, and I was talking to him. We were talking about this kind of this topic you know, when I'm preaching on something, I talk about it all week. It's just the way I am. So we're talking about it, and, uh, and I said, Tim, there's people right here, right now. God purposed for us through his Holy Spirit to be here in this moment. We could have gone to many other coffee shops, but we came here. This coffee shop, you know what that makes me think? What? It makes me think that there's someone here that needs connection from God. And he's kind of looking around, you know, there's about 20 people sitting there like, well, who's our target, you know? And who's the one we're going to minister to? Who's the one? I said, it could be a Christian. Sometimes I'm in, a lot of times I minister to Christians that just need encouragement. So I find out, I think, okay, my mission shifts. My mission's to encourage them. It's, it's, the, it's this holy, trust me, Steve Witt is not that person. Steve Witt is someone who'd rather sit in a corner somewhere drinking his coffee, not being disturbed. But when the Holy Spirit's there, Steve becomes a different person. Think Incredible Hulk. I mean, I feel it. I feel it. I just, I feel it in my bones. I'm like, oh man, there's my spidey senses are, sorry, wrong, wrong analogy, mixed analogy. My spidey senses go off and I go, wait, there's somebody here. Tim and I are looking around. He goes, well, who do you think it is? I said, I don't know. So we talked a little bit longer on our way out. I see the hostess over here. I just said, hey, are you a Jesus follower? And she said, she said something really interesting that I had not heard in all my, are you a Jesus followers? Uh, and I said it to her and she goes, I don't even know what following Jesus means. What does that mean? And I said, well, you know who Jesus is, right? She said, yeah, 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 I know who Jesus is. I said, do you believe he's God? And she says, yeah, I probably believe that. And I said, do you, do you believe that he died for you? She goes, I, you know, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, she's baffled and she's, you know, she's just minding her own business working in a coffee shop and being interrupted by an old guy who's asking strange questions that make her feel uncomfortable. And so I talked to her a minute and I said, well, hey, what, here's the deal. Jesus was here, he was God in the flesh, and he said, he said a couple things that are really memorable. He said, he said, follow me. And he also said, learn of me. I said, so really, I've given my life to follow him and learn of him. And I said, would you, would you? and you know, I, I, try to, I try to do it quickly because we're in a business situation. I don't want her getting fired. I don't act weird or awkward, you know. We're not, you know, throwing lightning bolts or anything like that. We're just talking to somebody and having, having just had some nice coffee. And so I'm, I'm talking to her and I said, would you like, would you be interested in the seed of Christ? I want to pray for you with my eyes open and your eyes open. So it's not weird. I say all that. And I said, so would you be open to me just praying that the seed of Christ would come into your life? And she said, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. And so I just prayed with open eyes. I just prayed, really, I prayed prophesied. 
I prayed and I spoke into her identity and spoke into her destiny, declared it over. At the end of it, it was really not weird or awkward or anything like that. She was very thankful. I mean, uh, in an emotional way, very thankful. And said, hey, you know, that was great. Thank you. And I said, well, I'll, give, I'll come back and check up on you again. She said, do that because I go to this place quite often, you know. And so now I planted another seed, the seed of Christ. But I want to tell you, Steve 1917, or 2017, sorry, I went back 100 years. Steve 2017, maybe Steve 2019-17 too, but Steve 2017 wouldn't have been necessarily sensitive to that, but there's something about in a fresh encounter of the Holy Spirit. How many of you know that the Holy Spirit wants to come to you all through your life? And it's not meant to be something that's dissipating until your day of death. It actually is meant to be increasing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and in the power and the fire of his might. By the time you get 60 or 70, you should be off the hook. It was like, thank God I'm not 60 right now. I mean, the fire of God coming upon you, touching you, administering you, changing your life, changing the way you relate with other people, allowing love to pour. This is meant to be from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength, from whatever I was before to whatever he dreams I'm to, I'm to be. I love the, uh, Tim Gallant, Gallant wears this shirt. He's at it. We've been on trips to Ireland and Germany and stuff like that. And I, he had this shirt on one day that says, I want to be the person that my dog thinks I am. <laughs> I read that, I thought, yeah, I, I don't have a dog, so I, but I, I want to be the person that Jesus thinks I am. Jesus sees me as righteous. Jesus sees me and speaks the way we speak to our kids when they're two years old. We say, you're a champion, you're, you're a beautiful, it doesn't matter if they've got spaghetti all over their face, you say, you're a beautiful, I gotta get a picture of this. I mean, loving grandparents and parents take pictures of some of the most awkward moments in their children because of their deep love for them. To them, it's cute. How many of you know that when God looks at you, he thinks you're cute? Even though you may have spaghetti all over your face, your life is not perfect. You've got difficulties, you've got challenges. He, he expects something highly of you because you're his son, you're his daughter, and he's given you the Holy Spirit to energize you into that moment. And when the Holy Spirit touches you, I believe this next move of God that is already upon us right now is a sending move of God. Now, I've been saying that for a long time, that it's going to make you want to dance. And we're a little concerned about that part, but it's hard to dance in skinny jeans. But anyway, it makes you want to dance. It makes you want to extend out of where you are and who you are and even outside your personality. That's a scary thought, isn't it? Look here in Psalm 104. This verse came to me this week. Verse 104, verse 30, it says this. You send forth your spirit. See, the Spirit is a sent one. The Spirit is a missionary. The Holy Spirit was sent by God to this planet. Now, we know he's been involved here all the time. In the Old Testament, as I said before, he comes upon people. But when you get to the New Testament, Jesus prophesied that out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. 
says that you shall be a witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria. There's this incremental thing which I believe is also about growth. I don't just think it's geographic. I think when he says Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, he's saying that you're gonna work on yourself and your local relationships first. It's part of that, you know, I was a business trainer for nine years. I've studied business my whole life. I, I, if you've heard me for over a year, you've heard this, me mention this at least once. I even wrote about it in one of my books. But stage gate, uh, it's a human earthly understanding of processes. Stage gate process is a fascinating process. It reflects things that I see in the spirit. Therefore making, thinking that might have even been inspired by the spirit of God. But it talks about how you start, this is about taking products out to the market. There's about five stages actually. And the first stage is a kind of a dreaming phase where you get an understanding or whatever, you swirl around in that stage or you're trying to you know, refine what the thought is in your mind. But you come to a point where you, where you can no longer be in that stage anymore. If you've ever had a business or a ministry or something like that, there's processes. You understand that we've reached, you know, the, the initial process in, in, in particularly uh, uh, planning a business is uh, what's called a mom and pop phase, you know. You know, your, your hands on, everyone's doing something to keep this thing together. It's survival mode. You're trying to start it. You guys are experiencing that probably. You know, you're trying to start something, but you will get to a place where a decision needs to be made. That decision can be a person, it can be a, an idea, it can be an opportunity, it can be a difficult time where you realize what we've been doing is not going to help us totally for where we need to go. And so in business, you have to make a decision to move to the next phase of what's for you. And there's, these guys say there's at least five phases like that. There may be, there may be more, there may be less, I don't know. But I find out with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit will take me mentally, emotionally, and physically from Jerusalem to Judea, to Sumeria, to the uttermost parts of the world. But it's an expansion of faith, it's expansion. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit typically does not come upon you and you are going to the nations of the world unless he's been processing inside of you already. Because he wants you to get your home situated. He wants to get your act together. By the power of the Holy Spirit, change Steve Witt. Take over that territory. I mean, it's not gonna be perfect, but work on that. And as you do that, it's like, you know, the Bible says faithful with little, faithful with much. I mean, there's, there's an expansion of what you do. There's a law of, of reciprocity. There's a law of growth that takes place in the Holy Spirit. And so right here in this passage that just went off my computer. Hold on one second. Oh, there it is, okay. You send forth your spirit they are cre created. In other words, it was talking about sea creatures, actually, in this passage. So the Spirit comes. He's sent forth. There's creation that comes out of the presence of the Spirit of God. This Hebrew word for creation is really interesting. It says it's to be made fat. I know that's not a popular thing to talk about right now. But it's to be, be made fat, to be made sound and healthy. In other words, when the Holy Spirit shows up, there's an expansion of who you are in a healthy way. You become more mature. Now, you're not instantly Jesus, I get that, but you become 
more mature, you become more rounded, you become more healthy, you gain understanding, you gain words in your vocabulary. It is a fruit of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And then it says this, and you renew the face of the earth. Isn't that a powerful verse? I never remember reading that verse before. I'm sure it's been there my whole life, but I never remember reading it. And when I read it, I thought, yeah, the Holy Spirit is sent. You start to get changed. And then all of a sudden, it expands out to touching. It says right here, renewing. Literally, in the Hebrew, it says to repair and rebuild the face of the earth. Now think about that. Keep that in your mind. And then turn to Luke 4, where I told you to go. Luke chapter 4. Jesus was baptized. We know the process of what happened. It's a reflection of what happened with the children of Israel when they were delivered out of bondage. They came out of bondage. You remember that? And then they came up to the Red Sea. They went through the Red Sea, which the Bible calls waters of baptism. They go through the Red Sea and they are in the wilderness. Jesus gets touched by the Holy Spirit. He goes into the waters of baptism, the Holy Spirit comes and descends upon him. Then he goes into the wilderness. It's just like Israel in the Old Testament, which makes me think this is a Jesus pattern. That when you become a believer in Jesus Christ and you begin to follow him, the Holy Spirit, the very power of God comes upon you and begins to move you. And the Bible says, and the Spirit of God sent him into the wilderness. Jake preached in the early service, 9.30, that sometimes we see the wilderness as a bad place. Actually, the wilderness is a place of development. It's a place of seeking and, and being fed and dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That a fire, fire by night and a cloud by day. And as Jake mentioned earlier today, you know, the cloud, it was all practical. The cloud was like a protection from the sun during the day and the fire was warming them at night. When they got hungry, a manna showed up on the ground. When they got kind of ticked off at God and needed more food, he sent quail in because they wanted meat. You know, it didn't turn out real good for him, but anyway, it's a great story. So you got all this happening as God is just shaping them in this wilderness experience of dependence upon God. That when you feel like you're in a wilderness and you want to get out of that thing, remember that the Spirit of God's the one that brought you in that thing. And so in the midst of it, you say, what is it that God is shaping? I can tell you, I can prophesy your future. He wants you to rebuild the earth, <laughs> starting at Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. He wants you to become a builder. Why? Because that is who the Holy Spirit is. The Bible says in the Old Testament and creation, he was brooding over the waters at the time of creation. The Bible says, the Bible gives credit to creation to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, different verses. So they were in unison working together. The Holy Spirit is the creative factor, not that the Father and Son are not, but the Holy Spirit moves in and shapes and molds. He's the Michelangelo of the Godhead. He shapes and makes things beautiful. He was involved in that. That's why he was brooding over the waters and in brooding over those waters, as we just read, he was sent by God and he was anointed by God to do that purpose, to make things beautiful. In Luke chapter four, when Jesus gets through the wilderness, the next phase is he gets a hint of his destiny. He goes to the synagogue, which is tradition of the day. And in the synagogue, it was his turn 
to stand up and read from the Torah. There was probably a section already selected for that day. The timing was perfect for Jesus as he stood up and looked at the reading from the Torah that would be read that day and probably thought, this is very interesting. He didn't say what a coincidence. He knew the Holy Spirit was already moving. And he says this, he says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. Now, let me just stop here for a minute and remind you, this is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus himself, God in the flesh. When he shows up in power, when he comes upon you, you know ultimately it's for a missional purpose. He's about to give you an understanding. He's about to give you a mandate. This wilderness he just came out of, he fought in that wilderness with the word of the Lord. He was successful. When he got on the other side, you know what was waiting for him? Revelation of his destiny. You know what's waiting for you on the other side of the wilderness you're going through right now? Revelation of your destiny. And I'm telling you, it's outside of yourself. Christianity in America has been very focused on self for a long time right now. It's all about self-improvement. It's all about your dream, all about your vision. What if God gives you something that's totally out of your bailiwick? What if he tells you to go preach in the streets? You go, I'm not even trained as a preacher. What do I do? Well, that doesn't align with my, my prophetic map. It doesn't align with, with this thing I did on the internet the other day that tells me that I should be an electrician. How does that fit in? Well, there's two realms. There's the temporal realm and the eternal realm. You do what you need to do down here to pay your bills, have some influence, whatever, but the eternal realm is immensely more important. And so you focus on that. Jesus realizes the Holy Spirit comes upon him. What's it for? Well, he continues to read and he realizes the word of God, the Torah that he's reading actually holds his destiny in pages that were written hundreds of years before he was even born. Did you know in the word of God, you can find your destiny? In the word of God, you can read about things that even were intended or meant by someone else, but in the moment you're reading, the Holy Spirit will quicken it into your heart like this is yours. This is what you need to do. That's why we need the word of God. The word of God. We study the Bible because we're constantly hungry for the Lord. We're constantly hungry for what he's speaking into our lives. So here's Jesus' destiny. To preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted to proclaim liberty to captives, the recovery of sight to the blind. Jake and Katie, this is yours. Preach the gospel to the poor. Send them to the, heal the brokenhearted. Proclaim liberty to the captives. Recover sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed and to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. This is what the Holy Spirit does. He, he is always about everything you see in the Bible. When he comes upon someone in the power of the Spirit, it's about them being sent somewhere. It's about them getting out of themselves. It's about them switching and exchanging their vision, their dream, their thoughts. Well, this is really my personality. This is my love language. And these are the things that I really, oh, that's really sweet in this realm. But in the realm that we're living in, in the spirit realm, God has something totally, maybe totally different than who you are. It's gonna make you dependent upon Jesus Christ. A lot of us, the dream we have, we can easily achieve. Our dream's too small. 
Our dream may not be heavenly. There's nothing wrong with temporal dreams. All of us have some kind of bucket list somewhere where you say, I'd like to do these things before I die. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, I like to go to Yosemite Park when it's not burning. I'd love to go to Yellowstone. I'd love to go see New York City. I'd love to, you know, places we want to go now are in chaos. But anyway, where do you want to go? What do you want to do? Those are great things that the Lord made this beautiful world for us to explore. But let me tell you something, there is a destiny that transcends all destinies. And when you receive the power of the Holy Spirit, he's going to mess with some of your thoughts. You're going to feel like, I feel an urge to do things I've never done before. Things that I can only do by the power of the Holy Spirit. Bingo. You're probably in the right place at that time. So the Holy Spirit is a motivator. He anoints us. He moves us. He, he touches us in very amazing ways. Well, let me read this final verse here. I wish I had more time for more verses because it's specifically a connection between the Holy Spirit and energy to accomplish the task. I mean, there's a Greek word. I don't know why they don't use the word energy, but they don't. They'll say it works, strengthens, things like that. The, the exact word is where we get our word energy. There's a spiritual energy that can come upon our dead bones, our dead dry bones. God would say, can it live? Yes. When the wind of the Spirit of God begins to move upon your dry bones and my dry bones, it's amazing what God will do. When there's a full, total dependence, I am nothing without Jesus Christ, but with Jesus, all things are possible with him. It's an energizing power, but it's not just something where you're thrust into it. It's like, okay, I've got to figure this thing out. You have the guide with you. You have the helper with you. And not only that, he will give you the energy to get out of bed in the morning and do it. In Philippians, it says this, and I'm almost done. Philippians 2, it says this, for it is God who works in you. How many of you have heard that verse? It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. You know what the, the original words are here? For it is God who energizes you. Energon is the word. Energizes you both to will, which means desire the best, and to do, which means greater energy again for his good pleasure. So here's how it reads in the Steve version. Steve Witt version says, for it is God who energizes you in your godly desires to be super energized for his good pleasure. Those you're gonna, you don't have to think about all the things of well, what about that and what about this and how am I gonna do that? And I don't even know if that's really what I'm called. That's not even what my personality is like. Holy Spirit will come in when it's needed and literally take hold of this glove, fill it full and do magnificent things out of it. Let's all stand together. Ephesians 3 says this. I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working, there it is again, purposeful energy given of his power. Whatever it is you're wanting to do, I want to tell you though, God's got the energy for you. God's got the vision for you. God's got the finances for you. God's got all of it. What you need to do is say yes and begin to align yourself and move from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the uttermost parts of the world.
Jake, Katie, come on up. We want to pray for you. If we can get any of our leaders up, Cindy and uh, Jerry, wherever you are, if you can come up. We'll stand up here and pray for them. They have served well since they've been. They've been here six years. They served this campus. They also served Middleburg and ran, uh, Jake ran BSSM. Katie was over all of our children's ministries, did a great job, blew it up. I mean, kids love her, parents love her because of what she did, what she created. She created her own curriculum, really, because there wasn't a curriculum out there that, that satisfied the passion she had for children to encounter Jesus Christ, to know the Holy Spirit, and to know the Father's love. And so it's a great thing. She's going to continue to write those curriculums and have other churches use them. A few months back, the Lord really called them in a specific way to go plant a church. It became clear it was to be in Columbus, Heart City Church. And so we want to send them off. We're going to pray over them. This is their last day with us. Of course, you can see them on the internet. Follow them on Facebook, Instagram, all those places. Heart City Church, Jake and Katie Veach. Keep an eye on the progress of what's going there and the videos that they're putting out especially those of you who knew them well uh, here in the church. And then after we're done praying for them, we're going to take up an offering for them. We told this ahead of time so you can be ready. There's going to be a, if we can get that up on the screen, actually, the how to give, and Joel's going to, or uh, Jerry's going to come up and uh, lead us in that after we pray. Jerry, you know, go ahead and come up. We're going to pray over them now. Um, but just stretch out your hand toward them. I, I Actually, hold your hand for a minute. I want to read this verse out of uh, Romans that I read up in Middleburg. In Romans 10, it says this, whoever, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love that verse. I mean, it's so inviting. You just cry out to God. He's there, man. He, he loves rescuing people. But then it goes into this little argument, verse 14. How then shall they call on him in other words, how's that going to happen? People are not going to get saved in whom they have not believed. And how shall they believe in him of whom they've not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? Everyone say preacher. preacher. <laughs> it's not a popular word right now. It feels very kind of, you know, in your face, you know, all-knowledging, unbending. But preacher is a very, very popular word in the New Testament. So preachers actually speak something that is heard that brings faith that causes people to call on the Lord to be saved. That's the process. I didn't invent it. He did. It says, how will they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those. Yes who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. That's what's happening right now. The release of people that we treasured here to go to another place to preach so ultimately people can come to see Jesus Christ. Now, stretch your hand out toward them. Lord, I bless them in the name of Jesus and Heart City Church in its embryonic form right now. Lord, we pray for quick gestation, quick birth, and this whole thing, Lord, amazing. And even as I preached, I, I prayed in the earlier service, I pray, Lord, that you will cause troublemakers, evildoers to stay away. We just ask, the Lord, almost like a hedge of protection about them and their work to allow it, like let that hedge of protection 
which is the Holy Spirit, be a filter that will not let certain people in, but will gladly receive those with hungry hearts. And I pray, Lord, you'll give them people that are, that are strong, that are energized, that are full of faith, that are desiring. That's what you need in a church plant. People that are willing to take up a shovel, take up a rake, whatever needs to be done to get this thing done, Lord, in the western part of Columbus. And we bless it right now. I pray for their family, that they will be safe. You protect them physically. No disease shall come upon them. No evil shall touch them. I pray for their finances that you'll supply totally. May a big part of that be from us as we give into this offering, Lord. I pray, Lord, you'll continue. You'll give them faithful givers, just like we've had at Bethel, people that'll tithe, people who support. We pray for that. But above all that, Lord, I pray for the very presence of Jesus to be upon their ministry. That when people come, Lord, they will feel the presence of Christ in this place and say, wow, this is a place that God inhabits. Lord, let there be the sense of the touch of the Spirit of God upon them every step of the way. Lord, keep them safe, Lord God. Keep their minds clear. I just, I just ask, Lord, protection about words spoken, discouragement, all those things, depressions and panics and everything else. We push it back. We cast our cares upon the Lord. And I pray, Lord, that you'll bring them quickly because they've been through presence of enemies. I pray, Lord, for a banqueting table in the presence of all those that are around them. And though they will feast in the presence of the Lord and build something mighty for the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name.